Welcome to the HR Matters podcast. HR Matters because people matter. This is the place where you can listen to fresh ideas about working together with topics that really matter and insights into the changes that you can make in your organization today. This is for you if you have a keen investment in the people within your organization and in yourself as a human being. Featuring Lisa Dempsey. Hello. And me, Marjolein Vlug. And we have a guest today, and I'm so happy she's here, Marike Mooyen. She's here to talk uh, with us about invisible work. Marike, please tell us more about yourself and about this topic. Well, hello, Marjolein and Lisa. I'm very glad uh, to be here today. I am a coach. I'm coaching people on uh, leading themselves and others, and I specifically work with women at the moment um, and making them more aware of what they are uh, have to pull off every day. And mm. um, well, this connects to the subject we're addressing today, I think it's invisible work, what I call economically invisible work, uh, because it's like some year ago, I think I really got intrigued by the fact that so much work that is done at home in the private sphere, and it's like personal care work, but also running households is just invisible and not seen as work. Mm. And and this sort of cover-up operation, which is, I think, run by the whole society, by people like in, in, in their homes, but also in uh, companies and public political level, yeah, I thought it was would be uh, very good to dig into that because the consequences of this cover-up uh, are immense. And to give you an idea of what the impact of the scale of this invisible work is, it's like, I think the Oxfam, um, Novib, mm-hmm. made a calculation and they said that if you would sort of put together all the money made by the 50 biggest companies in the world... Mm-hmm. Then, the, like the $10.9 trillion uh, that were made by women doing invisible work just wouldn't fit into that bucket of the money that the companies made. So it's wow. invisible work is like, or I should say economically invisible work is like the, one of the largest employment sectors in the whole world. Wow. And the fact that it's ignored has so much, uh, so many financial consequences and also uh, psychological consequences on women and especially lately since the corona pandemic Mm -hmm. so it really is a a very relevant subject to address i think yeah yeah Yeah. incredibly (laughs) (laughs) really happy to have you Yeah. yeah Can you give an example of, of economically invisible labor? Because I, I, I have a sense of what it is, but I'd, I want to make sure that our listeners have, have an idea of what this really means. Because it sounds like this big, you know, sort of like one of the SDGs from, you know, the UN, this big lofty idea, but it, it, it's really not. It's, it's much more practical and tangible, isn't it? Yeah, it's more practical. It's like the, like the direct personal care. It's like mothers and fathers tending to their children, like raising them, Mm -hmm. uh, transporting them, educating them, people taking care of the elderly persons in the house uh, or far away, like um, what they call the um, informal care. 
Mm-hmm. And what we in Holland call the mantelzorg. So that's that. It's also the running of the household, which mm-hmm. is like making sure there are uh, groceries. It's cleaning, cooking. And in other countries, which is a very uh, big problem, it's like making a fire and uh, fetching water, which will take wow. out. Some women can't start their day bef- and they are sort of three hours busy with uh, only these uh, activities. Wow. And uh, it's organizing holidays, it's attending to sick children, it's um, the contact with school. And then there's also the whole idea, it, it breaks down in like emotional labor and cognitive labor. Mm-hmm. And there is this sort of, and the combination of that gives a very big mental load to people as well, because it, they really have to, you know, what they say, have to be the warrior in chief. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and responsibility so it's there are so many tasks and it's funny because it's always called care work but there's so much uh, more involved it's like organizing planning budgeting budgeting communicating with schools delegating so yeah um yeah yeah i i i try to uh, and i luckily i'm now succeeding (laughs) explaining to my husband for example that you know, remembering that it's someone's birthday, putting a note on our shopping list to get a birthday card, making sure that there's enough stamps, making sure that we know the address, who's going to write the card, who's going to then actually close it and put the address on it and put yeah. it in the mailbox. You know, or, or uh, it's it, that's all, you know, I, I can either do it myself or I can tell my husband to do it or he can remember to do it. But if he doesn't... And I'm telling him to, or, you know, arranging that or telling my daughter to, you know, I'm not the manager of this household. I'm not managing and micromanaging your tasks. No, it's exactly. that is very often the, the labor, the work that falls on the shoulders of someone like me. And then when I hear you talk about, you know, in other places of the world, this is about actually spending three hours to make a fire and get the water to actually just get the bare necessities of your day started yes absolutely and no one thinks of that as work I mean I I I call myself the household manager when I'm yeah when I do that stuff uh but that is that is so essential yeah because the thing that occurs to me is you know no what you just said Marilyn nobody thinks Mm. of it as work but imagine your life without it right imagine what in those countries where building the fire, getting the water, but even, mm-hmm. you know, in, in our lives, imagine if there was nobody thinking about those birthday cards, what would be the consequences? If there is nobody thinking Getting about- the groceries, there was things that we've run out of yogurt, whatever, there's no more, you know, yeah. No, that's true. And, and this mental work and uh, research shows that, that like there is anticipation, mm-hmm. planning, decision-making mm-hmm. and sort of evaluating this involved. And it yeah. shows that mostly women do all these four things and men come in when the decision-making is there. Mm. So it's, for instance, when you go on a holiday, it's like, oh, where could we go? Where are the uh, nice hotels or uh, houses we could rent? And, and then it will be sort of presented to the men and they say, uh, okay, let's do this. You know, it's uh, yeah, yeah but it's, or you drive because this is where we're going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's um, 
So, and for some women, they just only do this. And uh, for them, it's, so they are, and language is a very strong thing in our, they're called the stay at home parents. So they, everything is very voiced in a very passive way as well. Mm. Stay at home parent or, but. Nothing uh, about staying at home there. You, you're <laughs> out and about the whole time. <laughs> yeah. As if yeah. it were an activity. Well, I, and, uh, but there are also a lot of women who have to sort of combine the two, mm-hmm. like a paid job and this. And because of its invisibility, it's not an issue in marriages as well, because uh, I think a lot of partners are just not aware. You would be surprised how unaware people are of all these tasks. So mm-hmm. when it's invisible, it's also indivisible, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, there is a very nice, there's a great woman, Eve. she's called Eve Rotsky. She's an American woman. And she designed a card game and it's called Fair Play. And in this card game, there she has sort of collected all the tasks in the home and she challenges couples to play this game. It's great. Who gets gets the biggest pile of cards? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Mm. absolutely. Oh, that's great. Yeah. 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 And what a powerful way to bring a lot of this to light. Because the other thing that occurs to me is so often it's, this is spoken about in terms of you know, the stay-at-home parent, wh- whichever parent yeah. that may be. Mm-hmm. I know a handful of men who are the stay-at-home parent, but it, it also comes into play, like I don't have children, but I know this also comes to play in, in my life you know, mm-hmm. and, and in my partnership. So it, it, it isn't only about a stay-at-home parent or a person who works part-time. It yeah. shows up even in spaces where there are two full-time working people who are, you know, contributing economically in the traditional sense, there's still a tremendous amount of invisible labor that shows up, economically invisible labor. As well, you know, there can be uh, an elderly parent that you're taking care of, or a neighbor, or your friends that really need you, and you spend time, you know, with them, and arranging things, uh, arranging social stuff for your friends, because, you know, that's always... A, a very helpful thing in life is so much that's being yeah. done. Yeah, and it's and I think there's a very strange fiction, and I think companies help sustain that. It's like the compartment compartmentalization mm-hmm. of the private and the work sphere, mm-hmm. and that leads to a lot of. It's like a sort of professional standard of behavior, and it's I think built on the a bit old idea of the male breadwinner and it's mm-hmm. like when I'm at work I'm not disturbed by anything I pretend I don't have children I don't have a house um, and so parents will uh, just um, sort of say yeah uh, I'm uh, sick when their child is sick they won't say I have to go at home now and uh, so it's yeah on every level um, there's a sort of cover up and even on a public level it's like economically invisible work isn't counted into GDP mm-hmm. right um, for instance if you would count it I think it would in like first world countries it would add up to like 50% of the GDP and in like uh, third world countries like up to 80% of the GDP wow. yeah. right and, and the whole problem is that and that's what you see now that 
by covering it up, you know, as we have seen in a pandemic, the workload even got more because there, the daycare uh, centers closed. Kids had to be homeschooled. Yep. And there was so much work that a lot of women... couldn't go out to the supermarkets anymore. No. So you shop for your neighbors and for your... For Absolutely. Your so, and then it was... The thing that showed up was that women who are expected to do all these things couldn't combine the things anymore. So there was a major layoff uh, there because they just couldn't do it anymore. And so, uh, yeah, for instance, in the US, like 100% of the job loss in December was were the jobs of women. But Can even that, at, 100%? Yeah, so it was the net job loss. So mm-hmm. I think it was like some... The job loss under women was even higher, but the net job loss was, uh, but the, some men gained jobs. So the net mm. job loss 100% for women. Wow. But even I, I talked to a friend who is a, a friend of mine, she's a professor and she's leading a, a big um, research group at the university. And she said, I had two very good researchers, but they just sort of uh, had problems showing up. And then she told me, yeah, one of the researchers, she had a, a husband who had a very not so successful cafe, but he just wouldn't give that up. And so she had to take care of it. And, and finally, she had to uh, lay her off. Wow. And she said, it's very, very sad. And, and the whole, this is what they call this, the Cinderella paradox, like Cinderella can go to the ball but after she has finished her chores. And that's uh-huh. the reality for a lot of women. So they can go to work, but first they have to do all the other work. Yeah. yeah. Especially now with the increase, you know, if you can't, if you can't manage both your job and all the, all the, the, the economically invisible labor, then the job is the one that's going to get squeezed. Yeah. They both get squeezed, but the job's going to lose. Yeah, the job's going to lose, so and it, that leads to a lot of, uh, of course, to poverty also. And because when you don't have a job, there's no social security, there's no pension plan. Lots of part-time jobs for women that then women get blamed for being lazy because they're having part-time jobs as if you're not yeah. doing anything in those other hours of the days and the weeks. Yeah. yeah. Feeds yeah. into this whole system of the pay gap, mm. of... Women yeah. who are underemployed, you know, their their actual potential is is undervalued and underutilized. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, there's a there's a whole system of things that go into this. But I think Marika, you have a really interesting angle on this and and a way to try to help not not only women but also men, those yeah. who are who are in these positions of of performing a lot of this economically invisible labor to help highlight it because it really is valuable, right? I mean, let's mm-hmm. let's be honest. These skills, they are real skills. They are needed and they translate, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. So my idea is to ask people to put their economically invisible work on their resumes, on their LinkedIn resumes. And to make that a lot easier, I founded this fake company, Economically Invisible Work International, where everybody can register as an employee and put his or hers invisible work uh, on the resume. And I 
address men and women equally because it may sound like this is a, a women's issue, but I, I'm sure there are a lot of men who would like to have a, a different balance in their lives. And it's a way to sort of make the invisible visible and give some pride to this work as well. And I think there is also a lot of work to be done here by recruiters as well, because they could ask in a job interviews about the resume, uh, about the amount of invisible work and how people would think of combining the things. And uh, I've designed some tools uh, apart from this. Excuse me? Yeah, I love that you bring up recruiters because, you know, there's often a lot of judgment from that corner around gaps in your CV, around, well, why didn't you, you know, just power on and have a full-time, why didn't you achieve this and that and that? Right. Um, reframing that from judgment yeah. to actually appreciating and, and translating those skills that were gained, the things that people learned towards what you need in the profile that you're hiring for. Absolutely. Letting go of that judgment, oof, please do. Yes, because the fun thing is people are sort of uh, encouraged to put their volunteer work on mm -hmm. because they learn certain skills there and they are caring for others. But the same thing is happening at home yeah. and in the private sphere. So, so I think it's, yeah, it's a start of reframing the thing. And uh, I think also it would be very good to building on this to also help people uh, be more aware of this sort of also uh, I've developed partnership negotiation models uh, because it's sort of like what we call the in the European Union the ever growing union I think but that's the case mm -hmm. as well when you start uh, you start living together and then you you get this house and then there comes the first child and it's uh, it's expanding all the time and I think yeah you can I have these tools to make people more aware of this and I think like, for instance, uh, employers also could help people with this. So for instance, when someone returns from a parental leave, you could offer them coaching on this mm. and also to prevent burnout. So it's an awareness, but I, I think the whole the main point is to, I think, and it's a very nice and light idea is to start with a CV campaign because yeah. Yeah, it makes people aware of the whole phenomenon. Yeah, helping make that invisible visible, right? Helping yeah. bring shine a light on it and and really, you know, flesh out the value of it because it, it again, it really is it's valuable work. It is not just because it's economically invisible currently doesn't mean that it isn't valuable. Doesn't mean that it isn't important. And I think that mean that you're using real skills. Right. Yeah. Prioritizing, delegating, uh, forecasting, all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also helping to see, like you have this, everybody was very uh, enthusiastic about uh, vital professions uh, last mm -hmm. year, but they are very much connected to the economically invisible work. And uh, I think also in a way that, Maybe because the economically invisible work is so invisible, it also played out on the, the vital professions that grow out of this work. You know, there's a sort of vicious appreciation circle. Yeah, and you, and you see that as well, you know, for example, inside of corporates. So often, you know, some of the lowest paid people inside of an organization will be in facilities management. 
because they're looking after the plants and the bathrooms and the coffee machines and, you know, the, the aesthetic of the workplace and, and all of these tiny little things that I think people take tremendously for granted. I know in a business that I worked for, our facilities manager, uh, we lost a facilities manager and it took us several months to recruit a new one. Suddenly there were all of these complaints floating in about all of these things that, you know, people are like, I had no idea, you know, suddenly climate control isn't working and we don't have anybody to call and the plant in the corner of the office is dying and it's ugly (laughs) and I don't have anybody to call, you know, suddenly all of these things that, that had been invisible to them on the day to day, they'd completely taken for granted. Suddenly were these focuses of attention and, you know, these major complaint centers and then you know, suddenly you realize that, oh, yeah, you know, it, it, these things are important. They do make a real difference. It's, a, it's what allows you in an office to work comfortably without thinking about it. Yes. Okay. Without exactly. hesitating to go to the toilet because it's smelly and no one's cleaning it up. <laughs> uh, you know, it's really the, the basics. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think these basics also, so it's also making people appreciate it but also showing the amount of work involved mm-hmm. and how that plays out in the lives of people because otherwise we sort of support a false narrative about the course of our lives mm-hmm. you know the resume and the curriculum vitae curriculum vitae means like life course and resume is like an overview but we always mm-hmm. leave out a a huge part and if we do that we sort of sustain the whole system in which uh, a lot of women especially yeah. cannot do the other work and yeah, uh, I appreciate that perspective you know when you write down your life story which is basically your CV and you only write down the part of your life that you spent in certain roles in certain companies and not all the other parts yeah that's not yeah. really your life story is it no it's true and 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 is, is there is no visibility you cannot because I think the ultimate goal my ultimate goal is that there will be more division of this labor, mm, yeah. more equal division. Yeah. But therefore, you must first make it visible. Yeah, I, I love what you said. When it's invisible, it's also indivisible. Yeah. yeah. You can't yeah. share it. If, if no one sees it needs to be done, no one's going to do it. And I get the sense of, you know, making it visible to also highlight the value of it, yeah. right? Stop stop stepping over it so that it it continues to be undervalued because these things are genuinely important. And once you can make it visible to make it valuable, then you can get to that, that divisibility. I'm curious, yeah. what's the thing, Marika, that you would like people or companies to start doing? What, what's the first step in making this shift? I think on a, on a private level, I think it would be good when couples would sort of start a conversation and sort of make an inventory of everything that is there to do, because you'd be, you'd be surprised. People just don't know it. So that's one thing. And they should make like plans about maybe because remote working will be now uh, the norm. No, not the norm, but more acceptable. It's like who will work remotely of us when and when. But I think on a company level, just what I said in, in job interviews, people could work on that. But also, I, I heard of this company who gave the, the card game I just mentioned. After the man came back from parental leave, they got the card game. 
<laughs> ah, I love that. Yeah. But it, I think coaching and like, why not give people um, household help instead of a lease car? And then, mm. you know, like a, a company level, why do CEOs get drivers and never get household help? Because they already are supposed to have someone at home to do it. Yeah, but right, I, there's that, that assumption. That's an assumption. And I think on a, a public level, uh, I think there should be a more equal parental leave, but also ways to, um, and, and affordable daycare, of course. But that is what I, yeah, and on, on all levels, I think there should be, there are, a, there are a lot of things to do to improve this. Yeah. And, and how can people join this, this company that you have established on, mm-hmm. on LinkedIn? How can they register their, their economically invisible labor and make it real? Okay, well, they, they go to their resume and then sort of add and look for economically invisible work international mm-hmm. and register as an employee. Cool. So when you add a new piece of like uh, an, yeah. an item of experience on your LinkedIn profile, yeah. you can just list that as the company yeah. and then have a nice title. Yeah. And, uh, and also I will be Mo- multi-stakeholder it- manager is a good title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they could also send an email to me, mm-hmm. Marike Moye at me.com. And I'll send them a manual how to do it if they are uh, not succeeding. Okay, wonderful. I love that. I think that's such a good idea, such a good way to stimulate people to really not only think about it, but make it very real. Yeah. Yeah, bring it to life. Go to, your, go to your LinkedIn profile, register as an employee and register this, this work that you're doing that, that is actually real, is valuable, is meaningful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I really hope people will do that. And it will be very interesting but because it will be awkward in the beginning, uh, I think, because uh, I discussed this with recruiters already and they were like, uh, oh, sometimes we even sort of uh, advise people to not put on their CV that they are a parent. Mm-hmm. So I think there's still a lot of work to do. And I'm, I'm certainly going to talk with recruiters about this. But it's, And it's also interesting where the resistance will be. But in the end, I think... It will, um, people will do this, yeah. I'm sure, Let's keep going. because it, it will be also, it, it will give pride to a lot of people. If you take it out, uh, if you make it visible, uh, it's like, I, it's valuable and uh, I'm proud of showing this. Yeah. And, it has uh, a real impact on real people. It's a reflection of real lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's valuing those real people as well. Yeah, as they are and with the, all they bring. Thank you, yeah. thank you, Marika, and thanks for this for for having this conversation with us, for for sharing your insights, for explaining what this all is and means, and uh, and what we can start doing. Um, thank you so much. Well, and thank you uh, both for having me. Really happy okay. to have you, and and thanks everyone out there for listening to this episode. Um, yeah. You can listen to our podcast directly online. Uh, it's easy to find HR Matters on your favorite podcast app. Um, we're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a bunch more. Um, if you subscribe, you'll be the first to learn about our latest episodes because there will be more good ones like this. 
do please give us a rating and review and we would love to hear your feedback and perhaps your topic requests or guest suggestions. We love hearing what's on your mind in the workplace. Let us know. And until next time, bye-bye.